All right, everybody, welcome. Uh, we are doing an unusual Women in Safety show today. We're doing it live. We've got people in the Zoom room and we're on LinkedIn Live as well. And it is International Women's Day or Women's Month, depending on your view. And we've got a special episode episodes in store. Amadeep, what are we doing? Share with us. Yeah, absolutely. So our whole idea behind this was to get women together and look at past, present and future, looking at and basically sharing stories, getting um, three women in particular to get together, share their experiences and actually engage and have a meaningful, candid conversation um, around health and safety and specifically looking at women in safety. So having said that, um, I'd like to present um, our first guest, Candace Brown, uh, with over 15 years of experience in health and safety across BC construction industry. Candace is very passionate. I actually personally know Candace. Candace and I are not only uh, related through work, but we're good friends as well. Uh, I can tell you Candace is passionate about improving physical and mental health. Um, Candace and I, we've had many a conversations around mental health as well, um, and also safety of all workers in the industry. Candace is just absolutely amazing. Um, she spent her career working to move the conversation of safety away from hazard elimination and behavior modification to a more holistic approach of listening to workers in the field and finding solutions that stem directly from their needs. Uh, she is a huge mental health advocate and has successfully headed various collaborations that bring awareness to mental health in the industry. Uh, as a mom, as a community member, as a volunteer, Candace is she's kind-hearted and dedicated in her approach to all things uh, inside and outside of work. Awesome. Thanks, Amandeep. Smile on my face yeah. this morning. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Candace, what was it like for you when you started your career in health and safety? I was, I was thinking about that the other day, and I, I had to laugh thinking about some of the experiences that I had um, going back to the first job site that I went on. Um, I entered construction health and safety kind of by accident, as quite a few people do. Um, I was in university to uh, become a teacher. I was in my third year and I needed to save a bit of money for tuition. And so someone suggested, why don't you go into construction, health and safety for the summer, be a first aid attendant. Um, it pays pretty well. I thought, great, I need some, some quick good money so I can get back to my courses. And I ended up falling in love with the job. Um, despite my experiences, actually, I almost quit the first job that I was on and left the industry entirely. But um, it's changed a lot. So 15 years ago, uh, back 2000, 2007, I guess it was when I started, uh, showed up on the first ever job site and it, I wasn't quite expecting the experience that, that I had there. Um, I expected a little bit more professionalism from the industry, I think. Um, it, schooling I, taught, I took certainly didn't really prepare me for what I was about to encounter as far as the, the people that I would be working with and the kind of culture that I would be working in. Um, I remember the first week coming into a job site, I was working residential, it was a, a low rise build downtown Vancouver. And 
There was a very uh, old foreman, nearly on the edge of retirement, quite a few trades on site. Um, and there was me, this super shy person uh, who was there to try to help, you know, what I thought was to help people with uh, keeping them safe and healthy while they were doing their work. And the employer actually kind of wanted me to be more of a watchdog and, you know, report people that weren't doing things the right way. Um, and it, it didn't quite fit with my own personal values because I was really there to serve people. I really, truly wanted to help people um, in their work. Um, so I had this conflicting approach where I was, you know, do I do I act as this watchdog and, and try to assert that, hey, you should be following the regulations and this is the way you have to do it, when in reality I see all these people on the job site doing the best they can every day <clears throat> and trying to, you know, just get the job done and how, how do I as a, a, a young woman um, help them achieve that when I'm in this position of kind of like a safety cop? I encountered a lot of angry people <laughs> who didn't like me being there, of course, um, in that position. And so I switched gears a little bit and decided that I was going to change my approach um, and really kind of come across more as an advisor or a coach and, and really discover what people were actually doing on the job. And so I used to my advantage, I guess, my kind of curiosity to find out what kind of work they were doing. And so I really got in there with the foreman and I would, yeah, I guess labor apprentice. Um, I got on the tools, you know, he taught me how to put up guardrails, how to use power tools. Um, I got right in there with the guys and, and just tried to figure it out. Um, but it didn't come without its kicks. Um, there was a lot of yellers on the job site, you know, when there's concrete involved and it's a quick and, and fast day, you need to get stuff done. There's a lot of money on the line. Um, you need to know what you're doing and, and be in the right places. And there's not a whole lot of time for mistakes. So, um, yeah, there was, you know, if I'm seeing a safety violation or something on a job site that's not quite kosher, like I need to make sure I have all my ducks in a row and plan that out ahead of time. Um, and sometimes bringing those things up with the foreman uh, or the superintendent didn't go very well because they inflame quite uh, quickly and there'd be you know guys yelling like inches from my face I can feel their breath <laughs> on my cheeks and it's just you know it's a very intimidating position to be in as a woman as a young woman I was in my early 20s um, having to navigate um, in a culture where uh, there were I was working with people who I felt just weren't addressing things in appropriate ways you know if we had an issue to work through we we well some of us would be yelling about it, right, uh, quite heavily. Um, so it was, a, it was a little intimidating. Uh, I do remember at one point kind of a defining moment. I think I'd made it about a year. This project took quite a while. Um, I remember being in the porta potty and I went in there because I'd had a particularly hard morning after the superintendent had absolutely flipped out on me. Um, I don't think it had anything to do with me, but he was just having a rough day. Um, I went in the quarter potty and just bawled my eyes out. <laughs> and I remember my boss at the time, because I was working contract. Um, so I was contracted to this company through my boss. And he I remember hearing in my head him telling me, we don't cry in construction. You're tough as nails. Like, it, it doesn't matter what's going on. You go take a breather. And so here I am in the porta potty going, I don't know if this, this is the right job for me. Like, I'm a pretty soft natured person. I'm a bit shy. And here I am dealing dealing with this culture of where it's really a, 
you know, people, uh, they yell at each other. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. It's really you. not my yeah. way. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember you sharing that with me. Um, I'm just wondering, Hannah, did you have any, like, female allies or anybody on the site? Or was it mostly just you? Like, were, were there any any other women around? It was just me. Yeah, I that's that's another thing is I felt really lonely um, being the only woman on site. Like I, uh, I learned to make friends pretty quickly or balance that friendship professional kind of relationship with the guys once we got over kind of the having a, the novelty of having a female on site. I think there were a few trials and tests with uh, what what uh, my boundaries were. I would say you know guys making some lewd comments or the jokes that they would crack in the you know, at the toolbox talks and what whatnot. But once I got, you know, a couple of the male allies on my side, things were a little bit better for me. Um, but that took me really <clears throat> building those relationships, I think, and establishing like right away, as soon as as soon as somebody would say something that was a little off or that I wasn't comfortable with or didn't feel was professional, and to confront it right away and be like, yeah, you know what, maybe not in the workplace, pal. Because um, <laughs> if you give even an inch, it turns into a mile, right? Absolutely. And then once, once yeah. you accept, once you accept that behavior, it's really hard to turn that around. So I did uh, learn that quite quickly to really have those conversations up front, you know. Um, Absolutely. And you know, the, the thing that really impacts this is back when you did start in 2007, you know, even the mindset in HR and the hiring practices, women had certain roles. So it would be really interesting to, to understand that when you were going in, what role did they see you as a woman in, in that time in health and safety? Well, uh, you know, I, I can assume because we never really had those conversations, but I definitely felt like I was treated like I didn't really belong and I had to kind of prove myself. Um, that, I, I saw that. Um, and so strategically kind of said, well, if I am curious about their work and I'm serious about what I'm doing and I act professionally, um, then I'm hoping that they will follow suit in their treatment. Uh, but, you know, I, I was working with a lot of different generations, you know, um, a man who is six in his 60s, in his mid-60s, who's still working, grew up in a different generation than we did and women did have a lot different roles back then um you know mostly in the household uh so going out on a work site i thought if i'm going to win this guy over and and work and do my work effectively then i need to show him that i'm actually serious about the job i know what i'm doing i know what i'm talking about um so as far as health and safety so i really need to learn what the heck he's doing so i kind of used his relationship um knowing that he probably held these views of women in the workplace, or maybe he did, maybe he didn't, um, as different than I did, um, if I was interested in his work, and I really used him as kind of a mentor, that that would be a better strategy for me to be more effective at my job. Uh, and so that's what I did. He really mentored me, and he, he taught me a lot. He taught me a lot about construction processes, um, and I developed a really good relationship with him. And because he was the leader on site, a lot of the other guys followed suit. Um, so I think yeah, I think it's gotten a lot better um, over the last 15 years, at least for me. 
Um, I know that my first experiences in construction, definitely I don't experience any of those things anymore um, in my current roles, current, current and previous roles actually over the last several years. So I think it's changing, um, but it is really, it, it's dependent on the leadership a lot, right? Like if the foreman or the superintendent are the types who are disrespectful and you're not able to establish good relationships with those people, especially if they hold those types of views, um, then the rest of crew is probably going to see you the same, right? So that's brilliant that you had at least like you were seeing how you didn't have a female or like a woman on site, but you had that male ally and just to kind of strategize and and build that that relation and then going forward as well. And then actually having, I think with women, uh, stereotypically speaking, we are more empathetic, we are more understanding, we listen to people, whereas with men, they operate a bit differently. And I'm just reflecting on, Candice, your experiences, as well as my own, having worked in male-dominated industries all my life. And um, and that's awesome that you were able to do that. Um, I, I got a question for you. So if you could go back in time what what sort of advice or what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> uh, I brought, you know what, <clears throat> I probably, so my partner at the time got a lot of my venting because as you say, you know, women do tend to be more empathetic. And so I'd go home and I'd vent all of this to my partner because it was such as build up. And I'm, of course, I'm not going to talk to anybody on site about it. So I just blah, my partner yeah. uh, when I got home. Uh, but I probably would say to my younger self, like a fine network in industry, find some women who are close to kind of what you're doing so that you have somebody to talk to and vent to who understands what the heck you're going through. Um, that came a bit later for me in my career um, once I realized that I needed that um, and how beneficial networking was for me. Um, but yeah, having that woman to call, you know, even if I if I had had that woman to call when I was having that porta potty moment, <laughs> <laughs> things might have gone a little differently, you know, just to just to vent like this is what's going on. This is how I'm being treated. You know, my boss told me today that a little makeup wouldn't wouldn't hurt. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not here to look pretty. I'm here to do a job. Um, <laughs> I think we've all had our porta potty moments in construction. <laughs> totally, I think so. Um, oh. Yeah, I would definitely tell myself like find find some females who understand what you're going through in industry and really establish a good networking early on. Yeah, that's yeah, what I would absolutely. tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> I can so oh. feel you. You know, I remember when I when I was at uh, Metro, and it just feels so lonely, so lost. And that's what brought me out into LinkedIn actually, was searching for like-minded women who were going through the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, so leading into the, my next talking point here, what's helped shape and define you as a professional or the person you are now? And based on those past experiences, what more? Um, that's a good question. I, I think those past experiences did help shape and define me because well, as a, a person, first and foremost, um, I was fairly shy, um, painfully shy entering into construction. When was this? Like couldn't even look people in the eye type of, you really? know, severity level of shyness. Yes. 
terribly shy. Um, this before we met then. Yeah, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, you know, working in construction really helped pull me out of my shell. I'm the type of person I think who enjoys challenges. I want to continually scare the shit out of myself. Um, so I do things that, you know, <clears throat> scare me quite a bit. So I grow. So construction was one of those things and it really helped pull me kind of out of that shyness and really assert myself. Um, and then I was able to do a lot greater things in my career, I think, because of that, because I gained more confidence. Um, professionally, I think what helped shape and define me was I'd, at several years into my career, I really started going hard on networking and found uh, people who were kind of interested in the same types of uh health and safety topics as I was, you know, let's, how do we help shape and mold the, the construction industry, the health and safety profession as a whole, and how we practice health and safety? How can we move this along to change things a little bit? Um, and so I found people who were interested in those things, and I gathered some mentors who became friends, um, and I really kind of encircled myself with those types of people who helped kind of shape me into kind of the direction I've taken today in my career. Um, and I advanced fairly quickly, I think, because of the networking um, that I did. You know, I joined the, the Canadian, the, the CSSE, Canadian Society of Safety Engineers. I got myself involved in various committees, uh, industry com technical advisory committees, um, uh, NAOSH, if anyone's familiar with NAOSH, North American Occupational Safety and Health Week. So organized those kind of things and really just like took a big bite out of my career and like I'm doing this. Um, and my passion just developed because I think I was surrounded by people who also, you know, had that kind of small fire inside them um, and really wanted to do well in the industry. So that's, yeah, I would probably equate who I am today in my professional life. Um, to the people around me, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's brilliant. <laughs> so let's kind of change gears a little bit. If, if you were to, to envision the future, look you know, beyond where we are now, what are you seeing as a woman in safety for the future of health and safety? What do, what do you, can you share that with us? Um, well, I mean, things have improved quite a bit. Um, I haven't, I, maybe I've been fortunate uh, to not experience the things that I was experiencing, you know, early on in my career, but we have come a long way. And I think there's a lot more respect um, in the workplace. There's a lot more awareness about harassment and bullying, um, you know, and it wasn't, I guess it wasn't that long ago, WorkSafe BC, uh, announced that there was changes to uh, bullying and harassment or the the general duties of employers worker supervisors and the workers compensation act right um, and there was a big uh, awareness around what employers need to be doing and a big push for mandatory things that they needed to put in place um, you know policies procedures around bullying harassment um, and how employers needed to kind of shape and define that in their organization. So I think we've had now a good chunk of time for employers to kind of get on board with that if they weren't already. Um, and so things have come maybe uh, to a better place. Uh, and now women are kind of comfortable in the workplace. I think men are comfortable with women in the workplace, particularly in construction. Um, so that's where I work. And what is still pretty typically a male-dominated industry. Um, but I see a lot more women entering. And when I was uh, 
I guess halfway through my career, I would often go to one of our technical institutions where people in health and safety were getting trained to enter that workforce. And I would see a large sum of women actually in those classes. Um, so I know, I know that the tide was changing a little bit because there were a lot of people, a lot of women entering into health and safety. Um, and I think part of that, from what I hear anyways, from many people is that women kind of have this, uh, they have a softer approach, I think, um, which is good, a good fit for health and safety role because sometimes it can be hard for people to accept health and safety professionals in the workplace because they see them as telling them how to do their job or it's a barrier to getting their job done. Um, and I think the soft approach that women have or many women have can be really beneficial. Um, so maybe employers do see that and kind of gear more towards that type of personality when they're doing their hiring practices. So maybe that that's more awareness around that. Um, or they're looking for people in general who have those types of uh, character traits, right? that would be more fitting for that job. Um, but I really, I get excited when I see women in health and safety who are kind of driving the force in like health and safety sciences. And they're, you know, yesterday I was um, in a webinar on human organizational performance. And one of the speakers was women and she was into uh, health and safety sciences. Um, and she was really driving that conversation, super intelligent woman, um, creating or paving this way for all of us to do health and safety in a new way. And like that, that's a leader to me, that's a leader in health and safety. And I think we're seeing a lot more of that. And I'm hoping for the future to answer your question, what do I envision? I'm hoping to see more of that. I'm hoping to see some of the shifting start happening. I'm hoping to see women at the forefront of that alongside our male partners, um, working together, you know without having to talk about the whole women versus male thing. Let's, we're all, we're people. Let's, let's just do the job, right? Let's forget about our genders. We all have strengths as people. We all have weaknesses as people. Um, let's get the job done. <laughs> That's really awesome. Um, I remember when Candace, you and I, we used to go in and go and present uh, at these institutions. And I remember seeing gradually more and more women and I particularly took note to these uh, individuals and they were really engaged and it looked like it really resonated. So when when you and I we used to pre um, present on on health and safety as well. And then I would see um, at some of the the safety networking events here in Vancouver, um, like I, I myself would get approached by these these students and and it wasn't till moments like that, I thought to myself, you know what, people like you and I, we are the future. So looking at women in health and safety, and it's absolutely correct, like what you were saying, like we need to lift them up and, and we need to empower them and we need to have these platforms, these venues, these forums, such as this one where, hey, we're, we're reaching out and to... Uh, I mean, like when I was younger too, um, there were moments where, yeah, I felt very alone. And so to take that feeling and bring it back to now, 2022, and making sure that these women that are entering that they do have all these um, mentors and coaches and role models and people in place to make them feel like they're they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many more um 
committee, women's committees, you know, um, there's Canadian Construction Women. Uh, what is the, the WIC? I can't remember what the abbreviation for that is. Um, there's a lot of yeah, women in construction. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, in BC. I, I sit on the BC Trades Trades Women Society. That's huge as well. Right. Uh, there's WAS. I believe tomorrow's uh, a part of that. There's One Wish. There's definitely like a lot of different uh, groups and organizations, uh, associations formed. Yeah, there's a lot more support before you're kind of you know, going at it on your own, like finding women who you work maybe worked with before. There's not a lot of tradeswomen back then. Um, now I see quite a few. Yeah, It's not yeah. uncommon to have several tradeswomen on site. Um, and I think there's a huge push for it, like even with the government, but I don't think it was the government on its own. I think it was the push from the women from within trades to get more women in. That is what fueled that. Right. And, and you look at uh, the women's movements and what whatnot as well, like there, there's been key pivotal things that we've we've done as a collective, even outside the trades or outside health and safety as well. Absolutely. And, you know, even um, the trucker um, industry that has a very, very strong movement as well. Now, were we going to open this up for audience Q&A? What were we thinking about that? Yeah, let's do it. Definitely. Let's do it. Okay. Let, let's see what the audience has to say. Now, I know, Carrie, you had a question that you wanted to, to put forward or a thought. What was it? Oh, just my thought was mostly reiterating what I was hearing Candace say, which is yeah, that, that softer touch that definitely not all women have in construction or in this industry or safety, but many, many do. And I absolutely agree with what you said. And I, I kind of just posted in the chat that I feel like that soft approach is I actually have one of my best friends who was a safety person, new up and coming. I was about 10 years ahead of her in the field and I got to watch her grow. And one of the, the minor, I think, learning curves that she had was that she felt a softer approach was clearly not going to put her, you know, on equal ground with a lot of the men in construction or in our, even in our upper management. And I don't feel like that approach worked very well for her. And she's learned over time that, you know, being part of the team, uh, being less of the, you must do this and more of the, hey, let's figure out how we all do this. How can I help you? How can I support you? Is really a really good approach. And I do think that men in the field have the, you know, the exact same response to that type of delivery when it comes to information or corrections or whatever it might be. So I think that's really important. The only tidbit, I guess, I, I don't want to argue with, but I want to say, I, I think that not acknowledging uh, the difference between our sexes is kind of what lets this continue to happen over the years. And so I, I don't really agree with that part of the statement, although I get your point and I think we're on the same page there. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like what is the benefit of having all of these women's specific groups if we're not gonna acknowledge at all that there is definitely a separation, there's a separation in the pay. Um, so, so I think highlighting the, the benefits to women being in the workplace, like you also were doing saying, you know, we have some traits that not all men have. And sometimes it's very natural for us to be able to apply those to this field and make it easier on everybody. Thank so. you. That's great. Thank you. Um, I think that, you know, that's a very interesting point to, to be looking at um, what traits we do bring to the table um, in different ways, because I think it's so important that if we do want to collaborate and move forward, that we also think about like, how can we be 
um, working collaboratively together. We have different upbringings socially, right? Just yeah. even the way that as, as a little girl, we were treated and taught to dress or taught to behave, et cetera. That has to make an impact in yeah. how we are as adults, right? We aren't the same. We like, I agree with you. I think that we're socialized. I, I think when it comes to men and women or little boys and girls, I think we are socialized very differently. Mm -hmm. I was, I was fortunate enough where, well, I had one parent go one way and the other go the other way. So my mom wanted to dress me in, in little dresses and do my hair and I hated it. And I was a tomboy. Whereas with my dad, he would take me out to the truck yard and he would teach me, um, you know, the different parts of a truck, which typically even going back, taking it one step back even yeah. further, uh, even from a cultural perspective in our culture, men have always been predominantly favored more so than the women. But uh, with my dad, he never saw a difference. He never between me and my brothers as well. And so I think, yeah, definitely like socializing as well, the way we're brought up and the experiences that we have, because men will never have the same experience as women. There, there's always going to be that, that decipher and there's going to be other people and external factors where they will treat people accordingly or differently. As much as we see it's society in 2022, you know, like everyone's equal, but there's still going to be people out there where they don't view it. They don't see it as equal. And it's very, I don't want to say it's common, but I can still see it now when I go on a construction site and, um, Candice, like what, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's, I do think it's in the relationship building, you know, if people are going to be, I, I think we need to recognize what each other's strengths are between men and women um, and then play off those and really understand when to pull on them and when, you know, one person, one person needs to be used in this specific situation. Um, and, and when the other person needs to be used in maybe a, a circumstance. Um, but that doesn't come without having relationships with people, because if you don't understand what their strengths are as a woman or as a man, um, because they're not, they're not all the same, like Carrie said, right? Some, some women have that, that hard like male kind of uh, approach and some women don't. Um, so it's just really understanding people, I think is what it's all about. What can this person do? Where can I draw on them to get my job done properly, right? How can I pull on their, their character traits or their resources? Like if say for an example, you're in a safety meeting um, and you wanna talk about a particular topic, but you know, maybe you don't have an assertive tone or you don't have a lot of experience on the subject, then you can use that other person who, you know, if it's a male foreman, you can use them to kind of interject into the meeting and kind of put forward how they want to see things go on the job site. These are the expectations. This is what we want you to do for when you do this type of work or, or whatever, right? You really kind of have to balance off each other like that. Um, but that's not going to come, like I said, unless you know that person, but you have to build relationships with them first, which I think is something that women are very good at or tend to be anyways. Okay. So I just want to chime in here for one moment because, you know, I was working in 2007. I, in, 
like as a, a professional, I know you were working in 2007 as a professional and probably a lot of people listening in. I'm just going to be just throwing it out there and being candid with everybody. We started as a, in the, in the a lower class. Okay, we were viewed coming into the workplace that we were a lower socioeconomic status than men. Do you believe that that is one of the things that is the, still a barrier and a challenge for more of us getting into those influential decision-making roles? Because we're not there yet. And, and I think we sugarcoat it sometimes, right? And I, I'm just putting the bees out there Hope nobody gets sting. But what are other people's thoughts? Because that's what's running through my thoughts right now. Does that make a difference to where our struggles? I'd like to jump in on this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, you can see my head shaking. And yeah, so yes, I absolutely do. Do I feel that it's getting uh, definitely to a more equal, closer to equal? Yes. But are we there yet? Definitely not. Um, it's really frustrating when, you know, one of the things we're talking about is what can we contribute as women specifically that not all men can necessarily. And I'm, I know that many men like my father are extremely organized. However, uh, you know, some men are not great at the paperwork side of things. It's just not their thing. A lot of them like the hands-on, they want to get out there. They want to do a good job. They walk back into that office. And I've had too many supervisors and almost all male that, that are just not incredible with the paperwork side of things. So that organizational skill, whether, you know, it's like me, I learned it literally stamping brochures with my mom at a travel agency when I was little, you know, so are we exposed to the same organizational and office management behaviors? And I think that the majority of the time, the answer is no. So we have a lot to contribute in, in many ways that whether it's, we just learned it from being a girl and kind of being taught more of the office type, administrative type of things. I know that that's my experience anyway, but I also had the dad who owned a tree care company and took me out and I was in a harness at like eight, you know? So, I mean, everybody's, everybody's got that um, mixed version of themselves. So there's no absolute norm here, but overall, I think that we have a lot to offer in the way of the, the actual management. Um, I guess kind of got off topic there, but really I feel like that's a big thing that we can offer. And I don't necessarily see management that has continually made more money than me, even having those same level of skills. So that's frustrating for me. And that's where I see us as, no, we're not equal yet because I'm not getting paid what you're paid and I'm much better at the paperwork side of things. And that's just not an okay thing. I love that, Carrie. Thanks for sharing. And you know what, uh, reflecting back on like the many of job sites and construction sites I've been on, it's a compliment. I think a lot of times, like I've had superintendents best superintendent in the world uh never even knew how to turn the computer on and it's so helping them um but fred had a comment in the uh comment section here he says often the male yelling and bluster is just a cover for fear of losing power and control and i absolutely agree with you there's also been times where i knew i came off as being um a threat and or uh, men get intimidated by your confidence, by your knowledge, and by having that education as well as your experience and being knowledgeable about things too. So yeah, definitely. Candace, what are your thoughts about all this? It's interesting to hear everybody's different viewpoints and interesting that they're pretty similar, right? We're all experiencing similar things. Um, I liked uh, Carrie saying that we're we're getting there, but we're not quite there yet. 
I do see that. I see a lot more women. In fact, um, in my place of work, we just had uh, a female promoted up to a general manager in our organization. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, it's coming along. Um, but I think, I don't know if the barrier anymore is that we don't have the opportunities for those things or people don't think that women have the skills for those things. I think it might be that there's not a lot of women in the industry yet. I think I saw somewhere that we had like three, the, the construction industry was comprised of about three to 5% of, of women. Um, so if I'm speaking about construction specifically, um, why women might not have those you know, higher up positions might be due to the fact that we don't have a ton of women in the industry. And a lot of the women that are coming in are going into the trades or starting off in the trades. Um, you know, and typically in construction anyways, a lot of people move up from the field to those higher positions. That's kind of just how it works. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if the issue anymore is that we need more awareness that women, you know, have the skills and we're equal and and that I think is just encouraging more women to get into trades and into, you know, positions that are typically male dominated, um, especially because, you know, like construction, they make great money. <laughs> you want to provide for your family and, and, you know, many households are now two income households. You have to be, gosh, if anyone's trying to get into the housing market right now, you <laughs> need more than two, two income household, right? So um, yeah, I think it's more about that right now is encouraging women into those typically male dominated industries. Um, and, you know, I don't know how we go about doing that, how we go about making it more attractive for women, because maybe the culture now is kind of ripe for us to be there. We're not anymore really threatened by being harassed by men in the workplace or, you know, that type of culture. So I'm not quite sure how we how we bring more women into those types of uh, jobs. You, okay, so do you think then that maybe uh, we are our own barriers, that we are doing self-fulfilling processes when we're like, we go in and, and things need to be cleaned up after a meeting and we become the housekeeping role or somebody is not able to do their computer or whatever. So we become the admin assistant role, right? Are we doing ourselves a disservice by placing ourselves into those roles that we were used to be pigeonholed as opposed to, yeah, right, boundaries. Thank you, Jordan, boundaries, right? Like yeah. there are professional boundaries. And like, if you, if you wanna be in leadership, then you need to look at yourself as like, well, how does that look? What skills do I need? What expertise do I need to bring to the table? And then say to yourself, your own self-talk, I can do it. Like, what are people's thoughts about that? Are we part of the problem? I think Carrie had something to share. It looked like you were, you were off the mic and you're like, <laughs> well, I, I like I just threw it in the chat of but apprenticeships and workforce development this is actually what we do I'm lucky enough to work for a safety council which happens to be almost all women <laughs> but so my CEO is a woman my director of operations is a woman um, you know we got a couple guys around but this they're very motivational in terms of leadership and, and women in leadership but apprenticeship and workforce development and just integrating at a at a younger age we're not waiting we shouldn't be in my opinion um, waiting for kids to get to the point where they're graduated and then they're going, okay, what do we do? Or that last year graduation, like, oh, what am I interested in? Like, that's actually too late in our opinion, in my opinion, um, getting, getting kids in that, you know, 
having things like we have, we used to call them box of rocks. It's resource development where they literally go in and they, you know, and COVID limits a little bit of this stuff right now, but they would go in, they make cupcakes and they'd have you drill for oil in the cupcakes with a straw. I mean, you know, just little fun stuff at a younger <laughs> age that gets you to realize, right? It's fun. It makes us that. laugh and giggle. Even if we were adults, we would want to do this activity. So getting in there at a younger age, supporting those high schools and those programs that are really you know, working with local companies and having them feed those kids into their apprenticeships. And these are all just incredibly important things we can do. And, and the other comment I made was just teach little girls confidence. Like yeah. I, I am a hundred percent sure that 90% of my success in life is because I've just thought I can do that. And that was my parents. That was my family. That was my friends around me, not stopping me or, or telling me, well, you're a girl, you can't do that. Totally the opposite life. And I hope that many, many little girls get that because I think that's what made it so easy to bust into an industry that was full of men. I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, it makes me think of my experience in time in Alberta. So um, I can't speak to the East, maybe tomorrow you can, but out in the West, um, I would say Alberta takes a prize. They already have trades programs. They integrate it into their um, high school curriculum. So even before you graduate, you have that exposure, you have that knowledge. Um, I'm personally involved with um, SafeGen, which is uh, an education training resources platform for high school students. And um, I present, so I'm one of their safety ambassadors. And so that program, uh, which is put on in conjunction with the ACSA, it, it's huge because it gives that exposure. And um, I again, I go back to what Tamara had said earlier, like we're not there yet, but we need to start encouraging them. And it starts right from when you're just a child, little girls, right? So Carrie, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I can add to that. Uh... It is getting better with the school exposure. And I think Carrie was right and said it's like it's a multi-pronged approach, right? It's it's building up confidence in females at a young age, which starts at home. So I don't know how we do that as a whole, but I guess school could as well. Um, but it's really encouraging. Um, at some point in my career, I had the opportunity to go to a secondary school where they had a heavy equipment operator program. And probably half of the program was comprised of teenage girls, which was really inspiring to me. And I thought, wow, like you got a lot of confidence to be able to, at, you know, at that time in your life, you know, being a teenager is a pretty crazy time to have the confidence to go into what you know, they probably likely know as a male dominated kind of uh, workforce driving this massive piece of equipment. Um, the kids are all exposed to different types of equipment and, you know, is really like a pre-apprenticeship type thing. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a really good feeling to see that and to see the amount of women um, who were in that program. And also that schools were encouraging the girls to go into that program. And Amandeep, you were equipment operator, were you not? Yeah, yeah. I was a heavy equipment operator um, by trade before I got into health and safety. Um, I had so much exposure when I was, I'm actually a third generation uh, trucker. And uh, so I had a lot of exposure right from the gate, like right from when I was a kid, I have 
three brothers. And um, like I had said earlier, my dad never treated me any different. And like, I absolutely loved it. And I think it's because I had so much confidence. Like we look at um, classics, like argument, nature versus nurture. I think I had that in, inner, like overconfidence almost growing up as a kid, I was a bit of a rebel and wild child, but um, just having that positive uh, reaffirmations and my dad telling me that I can do it. And um, that men aren't better than women and we're equal. So yeah, yeah, it was definitely good for sure. And yeah, even being in Fort McMurray as well, there weren't very many women up there. Um, I would get super excited whenever I did see a woman on site, um, or when I was in camp or just out and about as well. Um, so yeah, it was definitely different for sure. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads into to what Jordan shared in the chat is, you know, strategies for men trying to be allies. How can we bring them into the fold? What are people's thoughts on that? I feel personally that recognizing sexual bias in your own thoughts, your words and actions is a huge starting point. Yeah. We all have them. We all have them. I don't care who we're talking about or how old they are. We have them. Um, but I feel the more we focus on those behaviors, uh, the more we can actually change those behaviors. And if you have women and girls in your life, support them, encourage them, expose them, whether it's various education, various careers, you know, these ideas apply just as much at work. I think there's oftentimes where folks, you know, maybe will approach or won't approach a woman simply based on the fact that they're a woman or what the, you know, subject is or whatever it might be, you know, um, so anyway, I, I realize he's probably looking for more pointed things, but overall, every day we do things or we say things or we create activities based on some of our biases. And I think the more we concentrate on them, I'm, it shouldn't be our only focus, but I'm not Miss PC for sure. In fact, I'm the opposite a lot of the time to, to fully admit it, but it's something that I think we're all working on. And the more that we talk about it, the more we'll work on it, the more it becomes a norm to work on it. Yeah. I brought uh, Jordan on uh, camera to, to share their thoughts. Do you want to share your thoughts, Jordan? Uh, I mostly am just here to listen. I mean, that's, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm the safety coordinator at a big institution and uh, just the facilities group and thinking about um, the integration of physical safety and emotional safety, psychological safety, some of the things we've talked about in this group in the past and how that affects how, uh, there, when there are gender specific issues related to that. Um, you know, just learning how to integrate and be proactive about it. So I thank you all for, for all the, the information that, that you're sharing. I just want to say props to Jordan because you're walking the walk. You being here and you acknowledging that this is something that we need to consider. That's it. You're doing it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're, we're one step at a time. That's awesome. Yeah. And like just resonating with what we were speaking about earlier, it's like the life cycle. It, it's, you know, we are, um, and I'll share this quote with all of you. Um, I posted it on my social media and like, even with Candace, I know you got Becky as well. So I'm, I'm sure you're, you're raising a fierce leader right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yes. I, I am for sure. Yeah. My daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I 
mean, even with my nieces as well, I, I always, I want them to be fierce and independent. So the quote goes, here's to strong women. May we know them. May we be them. May we raise them. And it's, it's huge. And I always think of it, especially around International Women's Day, when I think about raising my nieces and how we're, we're bringing them up and how we need to encourage them and empower them. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm constantly exposing my daughter to new and different things that would, like Carrie was saying, like recognize biases, right? Um, toys that I'm buying her, you know, activities that I'm putting her in, just, just expose her to a bunch of different things and let her decide as a person what appeals to her. Um, both of her parents work in construction. Um, <laughs> so there's a good chance that she might end up there as well. And, you know, I... My, I want to make sure that when it comes the time for her to enter the industry, if she really wants to, I'll expose her to that for sure, because I think it's a great profession. Health and safety is fantastic. Uh, many jobs in construction are great jobs. Um, you know, just expose her to that. And if it's, you know, she likes it, then she'll go into it. But I really want to make sure that by the time that happens, that the industry is a good place for her to be in. And I think we're well on our way for that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. It's been great conversation, you know, and I, I, it makes me think like there's a saying that says behind every successful man is a woman, but I think the truth is, is that behind every successful person is another person. And, you know, kudos to the, to the men, like my father was very supportive of me just doing whatever I thought I could. And I've been privileged to also have other individuals through my walk men who also said, you know what, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. Like, you know, just go through those challenges. So to acknowledge that for our allies is also very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, I see we are almost at our time. So I did want to ask you, Candice, before we leave today, did you have any lasting thoughts that you wanted to leave with our audience? Yeah, actually, I, I wanted to take it back to something that you'd said earlier about the negative self-talk. Um, I think probably if I was going to leave anybody with some final thoughts, it would be, you know, as women trying to forge a way through this um, and work in these industries, um, I think it's important that we are our own best champion. Um, and I know it, for me in particular, could get really hard sometimes to believe in myself and feel like I fit in here, that I should even be here in the first place. Like maybe this just isn't the right spot for me. And there's a lot of negative self-talk going on throughout my career um, until I got to a comfortable spot and when culture shifted a little bit too, right? Um, so I think just watching that, um, listening to yourself, listening to how you're feeling when you're in your work, I'm not being that accommodator 24 seven, you know, I think what you said before about, do we put ourselves in the position and do ourselves a disservice because we do accommodate. We, women typically are accommodating. Um, just be aware of that and watch for it. Um, and if you hear yourself crossing your own boundaries when you're being asked to do something, you know, uh, that is typically you're gonna do it because it's more, if that's a female thing, you know, if you're being asked for that reason, like listen to your gut, listen to your heart, 
um, set your boundaries, know them ahead of time and be confident in them. And if you start having those negative self thoughts cropping up in your head, talk to yourself like a friend would talk to you and, uh, you know, work yourself out of it and be confident in knowing that, you know, you're doing something good for paving the way for the rest of the females, particularly my daughter. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that kind of so much to take away from that. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. This has been amazing. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Yeah. Did anybody have any last questions that they wanted to ask in the chat before we go? Or any last thoughts or comments? I agree with you, Candace, entirely. Support yourself and support other women. I mean, support everybody, right? We're all, everyone in health and safety has got the same goal, but really, I, I can't say that I've seen women hold women back any less than I've seen some men hold women back. So, you know, definitely support each other as well. I, I feel like that was your, your overall point there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Great well, thank you, Candice, for joining us today. This was great. Amity, did you have any last thoughts? No, I just, I absolutely loved our conversation. Candice, thank you so much again from the from the bottom of my heart for coming out and being so vulnerable and, and sharing your experiences and, and your stories as well. And I hope the audience um, took away from it and that the conversation that continues on it goes past this. And we have those conversations in our workplaces or on our job sites um, that we, we keep this going. It's almost like a revolution or, or movement. And it's like what Tam uh, Tamara had said, it's we're not there yet, but we're getting there. And progression, not perfection, but progression. Let's progress every day. Let's have that conversation. Let's instill it. And, and educate not only people that are older or the generation before us, but the generations to come as well. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now this has been an amazing conversation, but we're doing a series, aren't we, Amadeep? Yes, we are. <laughs> so our next one is going to be on, is that March the 17th, am I right? It is next Thursday, the yep. 17th. Yep. So it's and 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yep. And uh, what time would it be yours? Uh, 12. It'll be 12 noon again. And so who do we have next time joining us? So our guest for next week, uh, her name is Stacy Glanville. And mm -hmm. I don't see her on the call today, but um, she too is in construction. Mm -hmm. and uh another woman in safety as well awesome awesome yeah. Yeah. whenever looking forward to that well thank you candace brown for joining us today and thank you emma deep Beasley from salas and for those of you who don't know this is a collaboration between safepedia and salas and they are a safety management platform that helps to build connecting businesses with field workers and so you can check them out on linkedin i'll drop their uh profile in the chat for everybody so thank you everybody for joining us this has been great thanks guys thanks for having me on thanks for sharing your experiences loved it thank you stay safe bye, everyone